welcome another episode of Mavs Moneyball Radio Podcast. I am your host, Jeffrey Cooperstein, coming at you live Sunday night after the Mavs 131-111 win over the Cleveland Cavaliers that go to 4-2 on the season. Uh, this will not be a post-game pod, but this will be more of an overarching podcast of the first six games of the season and where I think the Mavs are at and where they need to get better and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but the Mavs did go to 3-0 for the first time since the on the road. Uh, for the first time since the 2010-2011 season, and we all know what happened during that season, so that's that's a uh, a great start for the team uh, on the road, especially since they won nine games all of last year on the road, and now they're 3-0. and So that's a really good start for the team and an immediate improvement. Uh, they're obviously 4-2 and on the year with the two losses, both very close losses against the Portland Trailblazers and the Los Angeles Lakers in overtime. And through six games, they this team could easily be 6-0. and I mean, you have a missed free throw here and there, a missed call here and there, uh, a challenge here and there, and the Mavericks could be undefeated heading into this this stretch where they should beat the Orlando Magic and they should beat the New York Knicks twice. And it it's a good stretch for the Mavericks to really build up wins because against the Eastern Conference, the Mavericks need to win 20 of the 30 games against the Eastern Conference. And they have a bunch of them coming up, I believe, starting with the Cleveland game. Uh, six of their next seven games were against the Eastern Conference with the one West game being against Memphis. So they have some very winnable games coming up, and the Mavericks, as we've, we've hammered this point home for a while, they need to win the games that they should that they should win. They need to win the games against teams who aren't as good as them. They did that tonight against Cleveland. They imposed their will. Uh, Luka Doncic, which is, with his third triple-double of the season, uh, another 29 points, uh, f- 15 assists, and I think uh, 13 rebounds. And, he, I mean, he's just been sensational this year. There's no such thing as a sophomore slump for Luka Doncic. Everyone thought that, you know, he might take a step back with Porzingis. Porzingis might shoulder a little bit of the load and take some off him. But Luka has just gotten better. Uh, his numbers his numbers have gotten better. And you can just see on the court, he's leaner. He's quicker. He's light, he's more light on his feet. And he's just, he's been so fun to watch this year. Even, he was fun to watch last year. But it, he just looks like a different player. He, he looks like an elite basketball player right now, and let's just call it what it is. Um, I, I said before the end of the season we would say Luka Doncic is easily a top 15 player in the league. I think I'm pretty comfortable saying that right now, that Luka Doncic is a top 15 player in the league. Um, as far as Porzingis goes, he's obviously shown some flashes of what he can do. It's going to take, take some time. There are people who are, who are concerned that he's not being assertive enough and he's not getting into a rhythm. I think those are all fair concerns, but you also have to remember that he hadn't played in 20 months, and these are the games that he's going to get his footing, that he's going to have to find his footing. And I think that's why you wanted to see Porzingis play a little bit at the end of last year to kind of knock that rust off because that's what he's doing right now. He's knocking the rust off, and you would you would have preferred that to have happened last season and in the exhibition season. But it's a good start for the Mavericks. 4-2, and two obviously, is better than what they've done the last three years. And they The last three years... They put themselves in holes that they couldn't dig out of, and now they're not in a hole at all. They're starting out, they're starting out pretty hot, and they have a chance to make it even better. So the Mavericks definitely need to keep that going against the Orlando Magic, I believe, who come to town on Wednesday evening before the New York Knicks come with the return of Dennis Smith Jr. to Dallas for the first time. Obviously, Dennis has been very embattled this season, not getting much playing time coming off the bench. And, you know, that should be an interesting game just to see where where Dennis is at and where Porzingis is at against his former team. I'm pretty I'm sure Porzingis and Dennis will both have chips on their shoulder to 
to play well in this game because it's the franchise that traded them that gave up on them. And so it's, it, there's, there's some interesting storylines going into that game next Friday. And it'll be very intriguing to see. Obviously, it'll be a sellout crowd there on a Friday night. Um, so very looking forward to that one. Yes, so the Mavericks play the Magic on Wednesday. Then they have the Knicks Friday. And then the following night, they go to Memphis on the second night of a back-to-back. That could be a tough game. Always a tough game on the on the road in the second night of a back-to-back. And then they go to Boston before playing New York again in at Madison Square Garden. So of the next five games against the Magic, the Knicks, the Grizzlies, the Celtics, and the Knicks again, the Mavericks need to win four of those games. And if they beat the Celtics, great. But they need to win the other four in order to – if their goal is to make the playoffs – they need to win the games they need to win. And those are four games they absolutely need to win. Um, some things that have concerned me about the Mavericks thus far is the lack of free throw shooting in the clutch. And we have saw it twice. We saw it against Portland, and we saw it against the Lakers where they missed multiple free throws in the last – in what what's called clutch minutes, which is you're either leading or trailing by five or less points with five minutes to go in the game. And the Mavericks have missed multiple free throws, and it's ended up co- costing them the game. Dwight Powell missed the missed the free throw, and then the Lakers were only up three instead of four, and we all know what happened after that. Um, and Luka Doncic also missed some free throws against Portland, and they ended up losing that game as well. So the Mavericks definitely need to get better at clutch free throw shooting. Obviously, when you're nitpicking clutch free throw shooting as something that needs to get better, um, it's been a good season so far. It's not like they're completely lackadaisical on offense, and they've actually been surprisingly pretty good on defense. They did give up 111 points last night to the Cavaliers. Um, but in today's NBA, it's just going to happen. You're you're going to give up points. And as long as you can limit the opposing team's best player, as long as you can limit the shooting percentage to a respectable percentage, you're going to be able to win a lot of games. And especially the Mavericks will be able to win a lot of games because their offense is so good and it's going to be they're going to score a lot of points this season. I think another interesting thing that has happened with the Mavericks this season is that Rick Carlisle has used a different lineup in almost every a different starting lineup in almost every game this year and I believe the abil- they have the ability to do that we with the ver- versatile guys like Brunson and Jackson and Finney Smith and Maxi Kleba uh the Mavericks are able to use whatever different lineup they want any given night uh which that gives them the best matchup in order to win the game and I think that's a very valuable asset that Rick Carlisle has cuz you have guys like Jalen Brunson, who's clearly taken another step. Uh, people around the organization said that he was maybe the most improved player in the offseason and that he's really taken another step, and it looks like that because he's solidified himself as one of the the core players on the team. Brunson had 15 points in the game against Cleveland, and he's just he, he's taken another step like we all thought he would, and it's just really nice to see that manifest itself. And so the Mavericks have really been able to use a bunch of different lineups, especially since Dwight Powell was out for the first um, for the first week or so with with an injury, and now Maxi Kleba's out, which allows Marjanovic, Boban Marjanovic, to get into the game more. So the Mavericks are really able to mix and match their lineups, and that's an advantage that not many teams have, where you can really just play matchup by matchup, and it it that helps that helps the Mavericks because you always have the advantage, you always have the upper hand on who's on the floor, and that's something that when when the Mavericks were building this roster, they had in mind because they're a legitimately 9 to 11 deep team and in the NBA you need to be 9 to 11 deep in order to be able to be successful because you don't know who's going to be hurt you don't know who's going to have an off night and so you need guys to be able to come in and step up and the Mavericks really have that so 
the lineup is something that's really surprised me this season, and I'm I'm interested to see how it if they decide to stick with the starting lineup for the rest of the year if they continue to keep it fluid because I could see it going either way and I wouldn't mind it personally either way. I just think that's one of the more interesting things that is that has happened this year. Another thing I wanted to mention was the chemistry between Doncic and Porzingis. We haven't really seen much of the two-man game between those two, between Luka and KP. Uh, I'm sure it'll come later in the season as they get more familiar with each other, and that's just something that's going to take time. Even even Porzingis has said multiple times that it, it's not going to happen overnight and they're going to need to develop that chemistry on the court. And once those two get that two-man game working, it's going to be something to see. You you have so many options. You can have Porzingis setting the screen and popping out for a three. You can have him rolling to the basket and getting a dunk. Or you can you can even experiment with having Lucas set the screen and then they can do different stuff off that. So seeing those guys having a two-man game is something I think the Mavericks are going to implement as the season continues. Uh, and that's something that we haven't seen yet where if they can use that to their advantage, that's just another weapon they have on offense that they're able to use. And when you have guys like that who can do so much, it really opens up the offense to get guys like Jalen Brunson and Seth Curry and Justin Jackson the ball out on the perimeter and let them do what they do. And so we, we're really going to need to see the two-man game from those guys, and I think it'll happen soon. I'm not sure when they'll decide to implement it more, but I know that it's coming, and I know that when they get it together, it'll be really, really good to see. You saw in the game against Cleveland, you saw Porzingis play with, with Boban a little bit, and that's got to be the biggest front court in the league with guys at 7-3 and 7-4. And Boban, I've always said this, when Boban's on the court, he's effective. He can't play very much. I think he played 15 minutes. In 15 minutes, he had 12 points and 8 rebounds, and he was a plus 25 on the court. So when Boban plays, he just he makes things happen out there. And Maxi's injury is unfortunate, but maybe it gets Boban a little more minutes in the rotation. I'm not sure how often you can use him, but it's great to see that that he's playing well together. And I think if if you can use a lineup with Porzingis and Marjanovic, if you can use that lineup even a little bit every game, it like I said, this this is all about options, and it gives Rick Carlisle a ton of options to be able to go to, whether he wants to. Put, get Marjanovic and Porzingis together or even uh, bring bring Boban in for Porzingis to, to spell him for a little bit and get him a little extra rest on the bench. Boban's going to be a valuable piece for this team going forward, and it's it's good to see that everyone is, is contributing to this Mavs team so far. I know it's super early in the season, but I wanted to get to some of the teams around the NBA that have really surprised me thus far and that have really taken, taken a step forward you know, obviously it's just a week into the season, but I really wanted to get to that and just to see who who stands where so far. Obviously, you have the Lakers on top of the Western Conference at five and one, but just behind them, you have the Mavericks and you have the Minnesota Timberwolves at four and two. And the Timberwolves were not supposed to be a team that was going to be. Com- I I would I wouldn't they'll be competitive, but they weren't supposed to scare anybody. And it looks like I mean they've been playing really good ball so far to start the season with Carl Anthony Towns. Obviously, they had the big fight with. Joel Embiid, but I mean the Timberwolves have been playing good ball. They beat the uh, they beat the Wizards one thirty one to one oh nine on Saturday, and I mean they also they have good wins. They have wins against the the Miami Heat. They have wins against the uh, the Brooklyn Nets, and they have wins against the Pacers. So the Timberwolves are playing really good ball so far, and a team that has really surprised me out of the gate. And another one of those teams is the Phoenix Suns. I mean, are you kidding me? The Phoenix Suns are 
in the playoff race six games into the season. They're also sitting at four and two. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies earlier today, who were who's in the dormant of the Western Conference. Um, they played the Nuggets really close. They played they lost to the Nuggets in overtime, one hundred eight to one hundred seven in overtime, and they beat the Clippers one thirty to one twenty two. So the Suns are playing a little run and gun with Devin Booker. Obviously, they have a really athletic, really young, fast team, and the suspension to DeAndre Ayton twenty five games. You would you would have thought that just would have took taken all the life out of them, but it doesn't seem doesn't seem that way. And they've been playing really good ball. I th- I thought they were quick to fire uh, Igor Kokoskov out after last season. And yeah, they weren't good last season, but it was only one year for a head coach. But it looks like they made the right move of, as they've been playing good basketball to start the season. And outside of that, the Western Conference is pretty much what we thought it was. You have Memphis at the at the bottom. You have New Orleans near the bottom. And the one team that you didn't think was going to be near the bottom, but it looks like they're going to be there, and they're going to be there for the long haul, is the Golden State Warriors. And it's just super unfortunate what's happened to them with all the injuries they've had. Uh, obviously, you have Clay Thompson, torn ACL, who's gone for the season and won't even play this year, probably. And then Steph Curry tears a ligament in his or has a broken hand, excuse me, and is out for a month. And then after that, you have Draymond Green, who has a, a ligament issue in his hand and is out. And the Warriors are putting out a starting lineup of guys that you would expect to either come off the bench or not even play at all. And it's it's crazy to see how far they've fallen in just one season, going from five consecutive final trips to likely not even making the playoffs. If they want to make the playoffs this year, they're going to have to make a heck of a run in the second half of the season. And I'm not sure if they'll be able to do that because they're going, they're going to be in a, in a really big hole to start the year. I mean, the Western Conference obviously is super hard to play in. And here you have the Golden State Warriors who are in the bottom and with guys who don't have experience, don't have experience with adversity, and it, it's going to be tough for them to get out. So they're one of the more surprisingly bad teams in the NBA this year. And the moving over to the Eastern Conference, it seems like the teams, the eight teams who were we thought were going to make the playoffs are the eight teams who are te- who are technically in the playoff picture right now. And so there's it's really chalk over there in the Eastern Conference. Um, not too many surprises either way. So those are the teams that are surprising me. The Mavericks still have a long way to go. Obviously, it's six games into the season. What's 82 minus six? Do the math there. There's a ton of basketball left to be played. There's still a ton the Mavericks can work on. and But it's really nice to see that they're off to a four and two start, which is the best start in a long time. And you you have to get off to good start in the Eastern Con- in the Western Conference, excuse me, to keep it going. So the Mavericks sit there four and two. They need to win for the next five, as I said earlier in the podcast. That will do it for Mavs Moneyball Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Cooperstein. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Coop 27. You can find the podcast on any platform you find your favorite podcast on, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, any of those. And you can also find it on MavsMoneyBall.com. You can follow Mavs Moneyball on Twitter at Mavs Moneyball. That'll do it. We'll talk to you next week with another episode.